Are you still not sure if you're a freak or a geek? Are you still a mall rat? Do you spend hours at night trying to do the time warp like your favorite Rocky Horror character? If so, you should check out Pensacon, the premier convention on the Gulf Coast. If you want to meet great guests like Michael Rooker, Jason Mewes, Jim Cummings, Nell Campbell, Peter Davidson, and many more, head out to the Pensacola Bay Center February 19th through the 21st. For ticket information, visit Pensacon.com. Pensacon, find your fandom. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome to episode 91 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. As always, I am coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. Coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing a different type of episode. You'll be hearing an exclusive comedy show that I recorded at the Handlebar here in Pensacola, and it features two comedians from Tennessee. Their names are Grady Ray and Matt Ward. Matt had reached out to us at the Nerd Cave Network a couple of weeks ago asking if they could appear on one of our podcasts while they were in town. And we did a really fun interview with them, uh, which you can check out on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Nerd Cave podcast. Zach and Robbie did a great interview with those two. It was really fun. Definitely check it out. But we were also given permission to record their show. So I went to the handlebar recorded the show. It was a blast to go to. It was the first stand-up comedy show that I had been to in a long time, and it was a lot of fun. It was just nice being able to kick back, have a drink, and just listen to two funny guys talk. So today you'll be hearing that comedy show. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I I will preface this by saying that there is a little bit of language in this episode, so if you are younger or if you just don't like bad language, then This episode is probably not for you, so consider this your warning. But before we kick off the show, I have a quick question for you. Are you a fan of new original music? If so, you should check out Atomics, the new EP from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, featuring the docile, heavenly tones of Joey Trincali. It has three brand new tracks, including their single Tomorrow's Plan, which is also the theme song of this very podcast. This EP is unlike anything the Unicorn Wranglers have done before, so support local music and check out Atomics, which is available now on iTunes and Spotify for only $2.97. You can also follow the Unicorn Wranglers on social media. Like them on Facebook, just search for the Unicorn Wranglers. You can also follow them on Twitter and Instagram, at Wranglers. And finally, be sure to check out their website, theunicornwranglers.com. And without further ado, here is the comedy show from the Handlebar featuring Grady Ray and Matt Ward. Before especially Matt Ward, he took me on my very first tour, and it was fucking weird. He ate sardines and crackers, like, exclusively for about a week and a half. Can you imagine the car farts with this guy? Sardines and crackers were this guy's diet for like nine days. It was fucking weird. But he's brought the magnificent Grady Ray with him, and he's going to come to the stage right now. 
Please put your hands together for the magnificent, the wonderful, Grady Ray all goddamn day. How y'all doing tonight? Come on, Pensacola. How the fuck y'all doing tonight? All right. My name is Grady. From the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee. I'm a biracial hillbilly. You guys didn't know we existed, did you? It's okay. I didn't know you motherfuckers existed either. Now here we are together having fun. It's good. It's real good. Right off the bat, I'm not a political comedian. I'm not. Kind of live my own little bubble of happiness. I'm not ignorant, but I am slightly uneducated. <laughs> Until recently, I thought Benghazi was a dude. <sighs> Just a dude. Like a wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Or a rapper, you know? Benghazi got a Maserati and a Bugatti. I don't know. Try to put some Gucci in the lady's body. What's the big deal, America? <laughs> Just trying to get that trap money. Let him get that fucking trap money. I don't know. Just recently found out what trap money meant. It's not child support. I thought it was. I was wrong. It's not child support. If you think it's child support, you need to rethink that. It's wrong. I uh, turned 40. Uh, in April, I'll be 40 years old. Yeah, no, man, I feel it. I feel it. I feel tired. I think I look tired. I kind of look like if Kenny Rogers and The Rock had a baby. <laughs> and that baby just said, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to work out. I'm just going to enjoy this fun dip, you know? I'm, uh, I'm out of energy, is what I'm trying to say. If I had a beast mode... My beast mode would probably look a lot like four push-ups being chased by a nap. That's what my beast mode would look like. If I was a rapper, uh, my stage name would probably be something like Low T. You know what I mean? Think about that for a minute. It'll kind of draw on you. With my number one single, We Ain't Gotta Fuck, Let's Snuggle. That's my, We Ain't Gotta Fuck, Let's Snuggle. Uh, we Ain't Gotta Fuck, Let's Snuggle. Keep your clothes on. Let's talk for a while. huh? Don't touch that. Pretty Little Liars is on. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I just don't have the hell-raising energy anymore, you know? Uh, I feel like you only get one full tank of it, and once you use it up, it's gone, all right? There's no coming back, all right? The best you can do, maybe watch Wheel of Fortune, listen to some Bon Iver. And by the way, if someone ever corrects the way you pronounce Bon Ever, that person has a bush. I'm just putting that out there. But I know when I lost my hell-raising energy. It was like uh, three years ago. It was my cousin's bachelor party. We had all kinds of shit, man. We had alcohol, weed. We had some dancers there, some dancers for money. I know the moment I lost it, it was 3 in the morning. Uh, we were almost out of weed, and the strippers were crying. Because Lexi Bell had called Cherokee Rain a basic bitch because she didn't know how many free skips she get on Pandora. It's six. It's always been six. I try to console her, right? You know what I mean? I put my arm around her. 
You know, my right flip flop got caught in a slippery substance known as stripper tears. And if you've ever been caught in stripper tears, you know it's a dangerous substance and to be treated as such. I hit the ground, man. My beer went all over my body. Cherokee Rain laughed and clapped her hands like a child from a good home the first time in her life. And I farted for a whole minute. And that's when I knew I was done. You know, there was no coming back. This is going to be fun. I like you guys already. This is awesome. If you guys are like me, and I think you are, because you're following my folksy shit pretty good. I feel good about this. If you're like me, uh, the things you remember the most are the things you didn't expect to see, but you saw, right? For instance, I once witnessed a lot lizard making a snow angel. Now, some of you, I can tell, are not familiar with the term lot lizard, so I will explain. A lot lizard is a lady of the evening. She works primarily at truck stops, offering sexual favors to weak-minded and brave truckers across America. Yeah. She's like, hey, baby, you want a date? The trucker's like, yeah, I don't give a shit about my family name. Get in, bitch. The cycle repeats itself. So when I witnessed the great American... Appalachian, endangered lot lizard. Out of her natural habitat and in the snow, I was mesmerized. Now, it wasn't spectacular. It's kind of weird. She had a fucked up arm and a broken leg. So she's just doing this in the snow? Just this. Can you see this? You have to see this for it to work. You see this? Which is less like a snow angel and more like a toxic waste symbol in the snow. Which is appropriate. I found out later on she wasn't making a snow angel at all. No. It was just the drugs. Just the drugs. But I like to tell people she's making a snow angel. Because Pensacola, that's beautiful. Tell someone you watched a hooker OD in a frozen mud hole at Christmas. Kind of brings a room down at Bible study, guys, if you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. I really wanted to go to Dollywood that year. Didn't get to. Didn't get to go to Dollywood, man. Another thing that I saw... Uh, growing up, was a groundhog climb a tree. Now listen, I've lived in the country all my life. You can tell. It's on me. Never seen this. I didn't know the groundhogs could climb a tree. I didn't know they were capable. The only thing I ever seen a groundhog do was go in a hole, out of hole, shit, and get run over by a car. That's the only thing I ever saw him do. I once saw my grandmother fire a shotgun at a groundhog across her garden. Hell yeah. <laughs> Totally missed that fucking groundhog. Took out half of her garden and my bicycle. Yeah. She's like, baby, what's your bicycle doing in a corn? I was like, I don't know, Mamo. Maybe the fact that you have a fucking shotgun, I'm in the corn. And I'm not coming out until you take your sugar pill and read your Bible. So, imagine my concern. The first time I saw this groundhog in a tree, I got it, man. The groundhog is tired of his station in life. He's learned how to climb trees. I don't know about you, Pensacola, but I'm not afraid of groundhogs. But problem-solving and evolving tree hogs, I'm fucking terrified of. Like, hey, man, you can go to the park? Not if they got tree hogs, I don't. Heard one climb down the other day and smacked a chili dog out of eight-year-old's mouth. I'm not going back to that. It's good. 
guys got a lot of drugs in Pensacola? Some drunks? Yeah, man. We got a lot of drunks in my hometown. A lot of old drunks, man. Like, the drunks have been drinking since the beginning. Like, the whole town just lets them get away with anything, man. You know what I mean? Like, they're in the charter somewhere. These old drunks can do whatever they want to, you know? Like, start fights with street preachers and drink hand sanitizer and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, really? I got swallowed by whale once, too. Bitch, it ain't nothing. You know what I'm talking about? A lot in my hometown. Can't do nothing with them, man. Can't take them to jail. There's this older dude in my hometown. It's old drunks. Always fucking with me, man. Older black dude. Every time he sees me, he got something to say. Told me one time that my girlfriend had a nice body but a head like a house cat. What does that even mean? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, butterface. Don't talk about my girlfriend like that, motherfucker. I don't warrant, so I'll get some warrants in this motherfucker tonight. <laughs> you know, I knew he was going to fuck with me. Because I was wearing shorts that day. It was kind of cool out, you know what I mean? And he said to me, he's like, why are you wearing shorts and it's cool out? I never understood why white people wear shorts when it's cool out. I was like, well, sir, actually, I'm mixed. My father's black. My mother's white. To which he replied, then you should know better, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> your daddy didn't teach you shit. Hell, I'm probably your daddy. And that's the story on how I met my dad, guys. Uh, let's try to get to know you so we can get to know each other. I think it's fucking appropriate. We got a lot of uh, shirtless dudes in my hometown, too. You guys got those around Pensacola? Rolling around, man, like Matthew Bihana. He lives in Pensacola? All right, all right, all right. A lot of shirtless dudes, man. You know what I mean? Like it. Most places say no shoes, no shirt, no service. They're like, that don't mean me. I got behind one dude, man, at a gas station, just covered in prison tattoos. It was almost like he went to prison, and somebody in prison was like, hey, man, you got nice skin. If you let us draw on you for six years, we ain't going to touch your butthole. We promise. And I got to looking, man, on this mural of pain over the years, and Shit, you know, they had all kinds of crazy tattoos like Bugs Bunny with his tits out. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. You guys seen that one. And I noticed something didn't belong on this dude's back. So I'm like, hey, man, I got to tell you, you have a tick on your back. To which this dude replies, I know. Just trying to see how big it get. <laughs> now, that sparked something in my brain, y'all, okay? What if people just start doing this shit, you know, shits and giggles, growing parasites in and out of their body? I can see it now. Hey, Chuck, you look like you lost a little bit of weight, man. You back on that shit again? <sighs> no. As you know, I've been growing a tapeworm inside my body. Just trying to see how big it get. And the motherfucker don't even rely on my nutrients anymore. It kind of just wiggles out of my belly button and takes food off my plate. <laughs> the other day was my birthday, man. And the motherfucker blew out my birthday candles. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, aren't you worried about Lyme's disease? He's like, no, nah, I ain't even gay. I said, like, that's not how that fucking works. That's not, has nothing to do with that. You guys are awesome, man. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk uh, in the news about law enforcement, okay? 
And I have a little bit of insight to that because I used to be a police officer in my hometown. I was a good cop. Didn't fuck with people. You know what I'm talking about? Treat people nice. I never violated anyone's rights. Never did take any bribes. But I did take some naps. Took a lot of fucking naps at work. If you guys ever get a chance to sleep at work, try it. And I might have done some coke. Hashtag real cops do coke. I don't know if you guys know that or not. Hashtag <laughs> real cops do cocaine. Getting the fucking high speed pursuit down the fucking road is phenomenal. I, uh, I, don't, I just got burnt out, man. Uh, I got tired of the public. Fuck the public. Not you guys. Uh, the public. You know what I'm saying? Got tired of people asking me stupid questions all the time, right? Like if I've ever been shot, if I've ever shot anybody, if I could please stop tasing their grandmother. <laughs> Sometimes the old bitches listen to me do tase, I don't know. <laughs> tired of people asking me about car seats. I don't know shit about car seats. I didn't install car seats. I ain't got kids, man. I don't even know anything about kids. Only thing I know about kids is they don't wash their hands and they poop, I know this. I think the kid next door to me, Clinton, every time he waves at me, he gives me pink eye, this little bastard. He's like, hey, you want to go out and play? I'm like, no, you wash your hands, son. Wash your hands, man. I like to clear up some misconceptions about police officers when I go places. One common misconception is that when I was a cop, I probably got a lot of dates because women love a man in uniform. Well, they do if you can fit in the motherfucker. I couldn't. I kind of look like a sleeping bag full of cheeseburgers and my shit, you know what I'm talking about? Like that dad from Family Matters, you know what I'm talking about? Carl. And it's not that I get self-conscious about my weight. I don't. The only time I do get self-conscious about my weight is like when I'm driving over some railroad tracks or a speed bump and my titties bounce, you know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about? Not that I'm looking at your titties. My girl said I can look at them, but I just can't gnaw on them like I'm used to back home. <laughs> Another misconception is uh, that there's all kinds of attractive females out there ready to trade sexual favors to get out of jail. No, that is not correct. It's never some attractive females. It's always some skinny thing named Tammy. Looks like she's been up for three days. Got all kinds of shit in her hair like, hey, and Chiquita Banana stickers mad at the motherfucker. <laughs> Talking about, you ain't about to take Tammy to jail, is you? <sighs> huh? Come on. Let's go out back and you can get your shit off. <sighs> huh? You ever play hide and go get it? <sighs> I'm like, I don't want to play hide and go get it with you, Tammy. She's like, well, you weren't so bashful when you was watching me make out snow angels when I was you. <laughs> you guys are a good crowd, man. So I want to give you some police advice. Uh, take this with you. Write it down. If you smoke weed, and some of you look like you do, for the love of God, stop hiding that shit in Crown Royal bags. <laughs> Cut that shit out. That's not a magical cloak of police deception. It's not. Every time I'd find one, I'd always be the same shit, right? It'd always be like weed, pills, papers, and rubbers. 
It was like going trick-or-treating in West Virginia. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you guys ever been to West Virginia? I have. I was nervous. I was more nervous than a bisexual Muslim at a Ted Nugent concert. Now, that's nervous. It's a fucking smart joke, too. But I was also that fucking nervous. I saw some crazy shit when I was a cop. I'd like to share with you. Uh, the craziest thing I ever saw, we had this lady, a shoplifter, at CVS Pharmacy. Now, this particular lady had a hole in her neck. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of that, you know. But I've been some bad decisions, smoking like me. But what she was doing to me was so funny. She was shoplifting and eating powdered donuts inside that store. So, every time she tried to talk to me, she would blow powdered donut sugar out of that neck hole. I'm gonna do it again because I think it's cool. I look like I've been doing cocaine in a bouncy castle. <laughs> and I don't do cocaine in bouncy castles. I smoke weed in bouncy castles. Because that's what the fuck you do in bouncy castles, Pensacola. Uh, kind of glad to be away from that shit, though. I mean, it was exciting. Sometimes it was boring. A lot of times when I was bored at work, I would go by the women's shelter. I'd get on my loudspeaker. I'd say, I know you're never bitching this drive off. <laughs> as fast as I could. That's the one joke that got me kicked out of my mom's house. That one right there. It's crazy. I talk about a lot of crazy shit. I know I do. Uh, but I will not... Uh, ever make fun of someone with special needs. And I'm not setting you up for another joke. Uh, reason being is, my brother has Down syndrome. And he's my heart. Whenever I'm depressed, whenever I have anxiety, I go to him and he helps me. But he's still a smart ass. <laughs> so I like to talk about him. Like the favorite thing that my brother does, when he's watching TV, he sees like a fat black dude on TV, looks at TV and giggles, then turns around and goes, you. <laughs> That's you. My brother's name's Adam, man. Give it up for Adam. That's my boy. Yeah, man. That's my dude. I miss him. I want to see him soon. Uh, growing up in Smoky Mountains was kind of strange. Uh, I didn't know that I was mixed until I was in the third grade. Because my mom forgot to tell anybody. Everybody assumed I had jaundice for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> the doctor's like, Miss Ray, your baby's been yelling now for how many years? We don't think he's going to make it. You don't normally live that long with jaundice. But I found out, right, that I was mixed. I was in gym class, getting ready to hit the showers, and I noticed something. I'm the only bitch in here with brown nipples and a penis like a can of Pringles. What? Lunchbox size, I'm only half. That's a math joke, Pensacola. <laughs> Trying to bring it to you like this. Oh, shit. Anybody have any questions? Like uh, anything to help you get out of jail? This is some advice from a cop. Anything you've ever thought of? Anything you've ever wanted to ask? A cop or ex-cop or anything? Anybody? You guys are all going to jail after a while. Is that what you're trying to tell me? 
Don't put it in the crowd room. Like you're right. We covered that. Oh, where do we put it? Ah, uh, shitty diaper bag. Shitty diaper bag. You put your weed in the shitty diaper bag. What if you don't have kids? If you don't have kids, then yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. You just smoke weed. Everybody knows you're going to jail if you don't have kids. Still put it, find a friend with a shitty diaper bag, put it in the shitty diaper bag. Cover it one more time. Yes, they really do love donuts. They are delicious. I don't know if you've ever had them. Donuts are delicious. And we get free coffee. They got free coffee, so that's another reason so the donuts work that way. Any more questions for ex-police officer? I get a, uh, what? Arrest quotas are illegal. Most cities in the United States are broke. So cops are kind of like a gang. So hide your weed in a shitty diaper bag. <laughs> I took a fucking nap. That's why I'm not a cop anymore. <laughs> you got a shit on the Crown Royal bag? I don't believe you. Anybody else? That's exactly right. Yep. And most of the time I was shitting and bored at the same time. It's normally how that went. Tell a couple more jokes and I get out of guys' hair. I am. Um, in a relationship now, it's going pretty good. Uh, the relationship that I had before wasn't. I was dating a ER nurse. Anybody in the medical field? You? You're an ER nurse? Oh, okay. Well, listen to this joke. <laughs> it was hard for me because this particular lady, she wanted to keep a clean house. And I'm a comedian, so my apartment used to smell like cigarette smoke, lotion, and failure. Now. Her biggest problem with me was that I would blow my nose in the shower. I don't think that's gross. It's normal, right? It's fucking normal. Like, it goes out of your nose and into the drain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a fat-ass rescue cat named Cookie. I hated that fucking cat. Cookie would track from the litter box to the bathtub, from the bathtub to the litter box, all damn day, tracking his feet. Now, are you telling me that me blowing my nose in the shower is more gross than shitty kitty feet? <laughs> Say it with me, you know you want to, shitty kitty feet. I'm tired of people talking about how diseases get spread. It's fucking shitty kitty feet, I know. I hate cats. Hate them. I would never mistreat a cat. If I saw someone mistreating a cat, I'd punch him one time, just once. My grandmother wants a cat, and it's up to me to get her one. But I've decided I'm going to do it because I love my grandmother, but fuck cats. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep that cat for a couple weeks, and I'm going to teach it something. I'm going to teach it to hiss at Pat Robertson every time the 700 Club comes on. Because I know something. I can't kill a cat, but my grandmother doesn't have a problem with it <laughs> when it comes to Brother Pat Robinson. I, uh, I try a lot of places. I will not uh, go to Myrtle Beach. Because last time I was in Myrtle Beach, I saw something, ma'am, that I couldn't believe. I saw a 300-pound woman in a rebel flag bikini. 
I've been waiting for this racist shit all my life. So what I did was, I got a running start, jumped over her belly, honked her titty and went, I got a Dukes of Hazard fucking thing over here you could buy too. That's why I told that joke. It's like a, our merch over here is uh, the shit we got from the thrift store. So I've got the pilot episode of Dukes of Hazard. I was hoping that would get you to buy that fucking shit. I hope that joke would work so you could buy that. I don't, I don't think it has, but shitty kitty feet. What are you going to do? One more and I got to go. I know I know we got we to gotta get some hip hop going on. I was going to rap earlier, but uh, I really don't have the fucking lyrics. I, uh, I've been traveling a lot and uh, listening to some talk radio. And I found a uh, science show that I like. It's called Science Fantastic with Dr. Michio Kaku. I like it because he talks to people in a way that they can understand. I'm int intimidated when I ask people about science shit, right? You know what I mean? Like, because I grew up in a school that didn't give a shit about science and I had a drunk stepdad that was like, wouldn't tell me shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, where does clouds and thunder and shit come from? He's like, well, that's just clouds and thunder fucking. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but Michio Kaku explained shit in a, in a way that I can understand. And there was a guy that called in when I was listening. It was Ed from Corpus Christi. And he had a question. He was like, Dr. Michio, that's what I called him. I was curious, let's just say you were in space, outer space, you know? And you just decided well, you're gonna take your spacesuit off. What would happen? Would you explode? And my second question is, has anyone ever tested this? Dr. Michio Kaku is a very patient man. He said, uh, Ed, you're kind of right, but it's a little bit more gruesome than what you just said. See, the spacesuit regulates the pressure. So you take your spacesuit off, you're gonna expand. It's gonna feel like you're Blood is bubbling, the gas, whatnot. And if you're able to live through this, you could actually see it snow your own blood in space. So to answer your second question, Ed, no. Nobody's ever fucking tested this. <laughs> and no one's ever gonna test this. Thank you guys from Grady Ray all damn day. It's been my time. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Give for bubs. Gray Ray all goddamn day. You guys still hanging in there? You having a good time? All right. We have one more comic, then Big Lowe's going to close out the night. The next dude. Before I bring him up, though, I do want to mention that merch booth. Over there, they have several random items that they've picked up from thrift stores and flea markets across the country. They have some baked goods. It's a uh, pay what you want. So if you see something you like, throw a couple bucks in their little jar. Grab your shit and get the fuck out of there before they realize that they got stiffed and that you got a uh, 1978 fucking Super 8 movie camera for like two bucks. Okay? That's, and I will fight you for that shit. I'm about to go and get it. Grady Ray, was he hilarious or what? You guys, he's a super personable guy. He's here. He's going to be here all night. You can talk to him about your hatred for the Dave Matthews band. He feels you on that shit. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> but anyway, the next guy coming up is a very, very funny man. 
Once again, he took me on my very first tour ever. I owe a lot to this guy as far as uh, my stint as a comedian. Over the past um, seven years I've been doing comedy. I've known this guy for about six of them. He's a very, very funny man. He's like a father to me. And not that he really taught me anything, but he has slept with my mother several times. Please put your hands together for Matt Ward from Knoxville, Tennessee. I can't do acid anymore, so fuck them. That is beautiful stuff. I can't do acid anymore because at some point, I think it was like the 50th trip on acid, I just got too stressed out. Because at one point when I take acid, all I could do is giggle and have fun. And once I hit my mid-30s, every time I did acid, all I could think about was all the shit on my to-do list that I had not done. So I can't do acid and name mom. I do like drugs, though. Drugs are good. Adderall is like my limitless. I swear to God, if I, that should be, I put it on resumes. I don't even give a shit. Strengths, doing Adderall, and being limitless. Partying. I don't party. Last time I partied, I did ecstasy at Bonnaroo in 2011. Almost 40 years old doing ecstasy at Bonnaroo with a bunch of 18-year-olds. Boy, did I stand out. I ended up talking my way backstage and crashing the comedy tent and shaking the hand of Cheech as he walked off stage. What the fuck? Drugs are great. It was a blast. I did learn this, though. When it's 95 degrees outside, you do your ecstasy at 6 p.m. You don't do it so that you're still high when it starts getting sunny out again. That's a bad fucking choice. I've done a lot of drugs. I've done, the only drug I haven't done is heroin. And it's because I like to hang out with other people when I'm doing my drugs. You've never seen a bunch of people in public hanging out doing heroin. If not, they did, they'd be a big pile of people. It's all leaning on each other for support. Be like, no, dude, go ahead and do yours or you're not going to lean right. The fuck? 
I have all, I do enough drugs that make me forget shit. Heroin makes you forget the needle in your arm. Just walk into the store like needle in your arm, like whoa, yeah, what? Who did that to me? Can't do heroin. I did meth though. I did meth once. And uh, for those of you that haven't done meth, it is a blast. <laughs> it is fun. Uh, but my brain, after doing about, you know, like I said, 50 acid trips, became like super over analytical of any drug that I did. So it tried to like have some type of uh, surveying the, the processes of what was going on in my brain as it was happening to make sure I wasn't getting myself into some shit. It was like Scotty of the Enterprise is in my brain. Just waiting. I'd do the drug. I'd take it. And uh, my brain is like, okay, all right, we're, we're starting to feel a little different. Heart rate is elevated. Pupils are starting to dilate. Starting to feel a little funny. Okay, we'll check back in in 15 minutes. <laughs> we'll see how it's going. 15 minutes later, my brain's like, holy shit! This was maybe a bad idea, but also the right idea, because I am having lots of fun right now, and you are a good person, and everyone around you thinks positively of you. Do you want to dance? Of course you do. For those of you that haven't done meth, if you've done ecstasy, think of the peak of ecstasy, and that is meth the whole fucking time. It's terrifying for a drug to be that good. So I did it. An hour in, my brain's like, let's check back in, see how it's going. Okay, heart rate's still elevated. We're still dancing to Scissor Sisters. All right, this is good, this is good. Well, we got one problem though. Uh, we're gonna check back in like three hours and if, the, if this buzz is not gone, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to pull the plug. Uh, my brain checks back in in three hours, still dancing to Scissor Sisters, just having a blast, just digging it. My brain's like, nope, this is wrong, never do this again. No drug should keep you high that fucking long. Plus, it is incredibly difficult to go out in public when you're high on meth because you look like you're trying to eat something all the time. You're just chewing the sky and dancing and jiving and doing fucking crazy shit and poking at things. I did not go out in public. And I never did meth again. And that's exactly what all meth addicts tell you. <laughs> they never did it again. Yeah, exactly. But I wonder what it is about meth. It's like, for some reason, have you ever seen the faces of meth? The website they have that's dedicated to kind of scaring the shit out of you about how ugly you look when you do meth for too long? Six months in, you look tired, like you haven't slept at all. A year in. You look like you haven't slept at all, but you also lost a fight badly. And then 18 months in, you just look like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Fucking hair's all thinned out. Your eyes are bugged out, sunk in at the same time. Your jaws are all sunk in because your teeth are gone. I just imagine something happens between a year and a year and a half of doing meth that changes the game. Either you get a better connection for meth or you just start stealing shit so you can get more meth. Either way, shit goes downhill real fucking quick at about 18 months. And I imagine that this is how the meth smoking experience would be 
at about that point. It's just, oh, this feels so good. We must take it from them. We must have it. Get the pseudo. We have to have the pseudo. No, don't take the pseudo. That gives it to us for a cold. No, we must have the precious, the Tina, the precious. Here's the thing about the Gullum impression. Great with the ladies. Let me tell you, gets them in the pants every time. No, it doesn't. That's why it can be helpful, fellas. It can. Use the Gullum impression for good. This is how you do it. You go out with your dude friends. You are in, say you're in a relationship. You're comfortable with that relationship, but you go out with your dude friends. You get a little bit too drunk. Some girl at the bar starts macking a little bit. You mack back. And next thing you know, you're back at her place, right? And you're like, oh, shit, this is about to go down. And you realize you don't want to do this. That is the perfect time for the Gollum impression. <laughs> but you got to wait till your dick's out. That's the key. If dick flops out. She grabs it in one hand. And you just go, this is going to be so good. Boom. She's fucking gone. She's out of her own apartment. <laughs> and down the street. Unless she's a Lord of the Rings fan, then you're fucked. You're in for the longest creepy blowjob of your life. She's just going to be down there like plop. Oh, was that a Smeagol impression? That was amazing. You want to hear my impression of a Urukai? Uh, 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 man flesh. Do drugs, kids. Do enough drugs. Because if you don't, the pharmaceutical companies will try to convince you you need to do them anyway. But those will be their drugs. Do your drugs. Fuck them. And that goes for pills, too. Fuck pills. Do drugs that come from the ground or a bathtub. That's what I'm saying. Do mushrooms for breakfast and go to a job interview. Because this is what that will help you do. Realize you don't want that fucking job. You'll never go to fucking Target and do a fucking employee screening interview 15 minutes into a mushroom trip and hang out and continue the interview. You just be like, really, Steve? Because your face is all over the place. I'm out. Not doing this shit. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. I'm a dorky fella, okay? I've established that. Later in life, you like when you're younger, you're worried. At some point, you're worried about what other people think about you. But now I don't give a shit. And it's a very amazing feeling. I'm liberated. At this point in my life, what beautiful women think about me makes no difference to me. I have a wife at home, and I got a four-year-old baby. I got shit to pay for that is not pussy. So, and it was a liberating feeling when that changed for me. I was about 35 years old, and I was at a comedy club, and I did a set and I got off stage, and I'm at the bar buying myself a congratulatory shot, and a guy comes up and says, man, that was really funny. I enjoyed your set. And I was like, thank you. I'm getting ready to get a shot. Would you like a shot as well? And he's like, yeah, let's do a shot. Behind me, I hear a girl go, <coughs> that's fucked up. And I turn around, it is a beautiful blonde girl. 
She is gorgeous. And I said, what? And she said, that's fucked up. You're going to buy him a shot and you're not going to buy me a shot? And I turned around for a second. And before I had a chance to process what to say, my brain just decided this was what I was going to say. Just because you're pity doesn't mean you can say whatever the fuck you want. And I was like, oh, shit. Yes. Guess who wouldn't leave me alone the rest of the night? That dude. We did lots of shots. Guess what he never did? Said something shitty like that to me. Just high fives and hugs. Then we had sex. I swiped right on him. He was there for a reason. Have gay sex, too. When you're doing drugs, have gay sex in front of the yeah. relatives that don't approve of it. Be an anarchist. Be like, I'm not even enjoying this. I just like pissing you off. This is the motion of all gay sex. In case you didn't know, this is what 40-year-old gay sex looks like. Hey, da. If you want to amuse yourself, though, speaking of 40-year-old gay sex, go on Craigslist Casual Encounters and just read it. Get a, do a, play a drinking game tied around how many times you hear fucked up kink shit that makes you want to throw up a little. <laughs> this is one I actually read in Auburn on this tour. Uh, looking for Iron Bowl fantasy. I will be the Alabama fan. You be the Auburn fan. We will engage in an Alabama-Auburn wrestling match. I will let you in, of course. And then you will dominate me, put your stinky balls in my face, and maybe poop a little. <laughs> the moral of the story is guys should not watch as much internet porn. Because once you get down that rabbit hole, shit goes weird. <laughs> Don't do it. Internet porn is pretty much the fucking fast food of visual images that you can put in your brain. If you go to Hardee's and eat a big juicy bacon cheeseburger, afterwards you feel like dog shit. That's the same thing after you jerk off for two and a half hours. You feel like you ate a Hardee's cheeseburger. Don't fucking do it. Your body will have a hangover. You're going to have to clean shit up. There's going to be wrappers and fucking tissues to hide. Don't do it. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. I've always been a dorky dude, though. I was a dorky dude when I was younger. Never got the ladies in high school. And even when I got my first car, I tried to impress ladies. Didn't work out. Because I tried to do it with my car by pulling up next to them. But my car was a 1980 Ford Mustang, four-cylinder coupe. Yeah. Two-door. That's what a coupe is. I just... So I'd pull up next to those ladies, I'd have a song ready, I'd put it in the CD player like I'd been listening to it the whole time. My go-to was Bell Biv DeVoe's Poison, because of course it was. I'd pull up next to them at the traffic light, I'd put that CD in, turn it up, roll the windows down slowly, wait for the key moment, look over at them and be like, it's driving me out of my head. There they go, all right, shit. They just drive the fuck away, they didn't get fucked. Like, who's this douche? I do that same shit now, but I do it a little differently. I've embraced my inner dork. Now, I drive up next to him on my 2006 Honda Odyssey, put on the Ghostbusters theme song, roll my, turn it up, roll down the windows, look over at him, wait for the chorus, and go, Bustin' makes me feel good, and then just dry hump as I drive away. 
No hands on the steering wheel either. Just like. Fuck it. Don't give a shit. It's fun being a dork. Love being a dorky dude. I envy old people. I think the old people are the coolest people in the world. You know why? Because hipsters think they're the coolest people in the world, right? But guess who hipsters dress like? Old fucking people. <laughs> you want to go to a thrift store, macklemore the shit out of yourself, and you look like an old person because you're cool as fuck. Because they, you know, here's the thing. This is why old people are cool because they do not give a shit what anybody thinks. They are indifferent, and there's nothing cooler than being indifferent. I love it. I can't wait to be so old. I could just mow my grass with my suspenders on. My bucket shorts are like the 70s shorts split on the sides and my pasty old white legs show. Socks are all pulled up like I'm in the NBA. Fucking big sun hat on, those fucking blue blocker Terminator shades. Beer. I've mounted on my fucking lawnmower because I'm crafty. That's drinking as I go because I fucking can't wait for that shit. Can't wait. We're about to have the greatest generation of elderly people that ever lived. We're about to have the greatest generation. This is why we're about to have the first generation of elderly people that have tattoos unrelated to military service. Fuck yes, we're about to have the greatest generation of elderly people ever. Johnny Lydon's 58 years old. Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. Henry Rollins is 54 years old. Fuck yeah, we're about to have the greatest generation of elderly people ever. Could you imagine how bedtime stories are going to change for the grandkids? For us, it was just them telling us about how cheap shit used to be. When I was younger and your grandma and I started courting, now I'm already asleep. It's going to be a little different for Grandpa Rollins. They're going to be like, Grandpa Rollins, tell us a story. He's like, I don't want to tell you a story. No, tell us a story. All right, listen. It was a Thursday night. We were playing CBGBs. We left the gear out in the fucking rain so half of it wouldn't work. Guy in the front row kept spitting on me every time he started a song, so I had to kick his fucking teeth out. Sleep tight. That's it. That's fucking it. Henry Rollins should be president. That's what it is. Feel the burn. I kind of want Bernie Sanders to be president because it's about time we had a president that just died of old age in office. What the fuck? And you know who should be vice president? One of the characters from Adam Sandler movies. Not even him. Just someone random. Just Dante would be perfect for president. You are correct. Thank you fucking for finishing that joke correctly because I had nothing. I was like, where am I going with that? Dante is correct. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like, oh, man, Bernie's dead, dead. I'm president. Pot for everyone. Look how fucking ripped I am. Dante, that was a beautiful Dante impression. <laughs> Monkey. I got a little high, and we uh, on the road, we end up going to Waffle House way too much, but this happened to me a few years ago. I went to a Waffle House, fucked up, tried to order pancakes. That's a no-no. They do not serve pancakes at the Waffle House. Server looked at me like the stupidest human being that ever lived. She said, we don't serve pancakes. We've never served pancakes, sir. I was like, ah. 
all right, Myrtle, I'm just going to go. I got up to leave. In the foyer of the Waffle House, two female employees are about ready to fist fight. I knew this because one looked at the other one, flicked her cigarette at her, and said, you don't know me, bitch. In case y'all don't know, that is every American woman's way of saying, I'm going to punch you like a man. Do you know what the male equivalent to that phrase is? Dude, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. If you ever hear one dude say to another dude, dude, I'm a grown-ass man, whatever he just did or said is the polar opposite, the behavior of an actual grown-ass man. It's never like, I can't fit into those children's pajamas, I'm a grown-ass man. Nope. It's usually like something like, I ain't paying that bitch child support. I'm a grown-ass man. No, you're not. You're a shitty person, and your sperm worked. And now it's fucking terrible for all of us. So I stepped over the girls fighting, and I left, and I went to the International House of Pancakes, and I ordered some fucking waffles. Because at IHOP, they have pancakes and waffles. Here's one thing they don't have, sanctioned juggalo employee fights. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Down like a clown. Waffle House should change their name, make it more simple. I think it's a little misleading. For the most part, they serve breakfast. Also, it's not really a house. It looks more like a trailer. Let's just call the place what it is, Breakfast Trailer. <laughs> Where we play Kid Rock 24 hours a day. And the only ironic thing that's ever happened in a Waffle House is Kid Rock once got in a fight with a Kid Rock fan while Kid Rock was playing on the jukebox. And then a wormhole opened up, and J.J. Abrams took over the Star Wars franchise. Fun. We got fucked up. We drank box wine last night. That's how you handle ice storms in Huntsville. So we learned. I like box wine. Why? Because I just like the fucking looks people give when I drink it. And they were individuals too. And they were clearly the cheapest you could get at the store. And they gave me red teeth. And that just made me happy all around. <laughs> just like, I mean, look at me. I'm wearing fucking old man Nike shoes. Jeans that don't fit anymore. And a legalized pot t-shirt from a state I'm not even in. Yeah. I don't give a shit. It's a glorious feeling. Living the life. I, um, being a dork, I was uncomfortable with doing stuff younger, like going to strip clubs. I didn't really like strip clubs uh, because I just didn't feel that I fit. But also because uh, I didn't like the process of going to a strip club. Like it was like, just a bunch of dudes going to stare and gawk at chicks. I was much more comfortable going to strip clubs by myself. I only went five times, but three of those times I went by myself. Because I'm much more comfortable just being by myself than I am being around drunk, stoned, horny versions of my friends. Because there's no Pulitzer Prize behavior that's going to happen when this group gets together. It's bad. But also, in addition to that, I kind of felt like, at that point in my life, that I shouldn't have to pay to get that. 
That's not being conceited. That's not me saying, ah, yeah, you should just be stripping for me. No. I'm not even saying that I thought I could get it whenever I wanted or even more than once. But I knew it was a numbers game. At some point, if I was at a bar enough and I just held my liquor until closing time, some girl would take her clothes off in front of me willingly without money. I felt that was a possibility. But here's another thing that I didn't like about strip clubs. I was self-conscious. I've done a lot of acid. So I'm worried about what my face looks like while I'm staring at the strippers. Like, what face am I making? Because I'm like, you can't look at you to look at a mirror. What are you doing? Staring at yourself? Like, oh, hey. What are you doing? Oh, you're just staring at strippers. There's only three faces that are made at a strip club when people are watching strippers. Number one, ear-to-ear -ear smile. Which means a couple different things. It means uh, that that person is getting to see titties for the very first time that aren't his spouses. Like, he says, yeah. Or it means that he really likes titties a whole lot. <laughs> number two thing, the number two face at a strip club is the guy that looks like he's eating something. Like, oh, mmm, oh. That guy's a rapist, okay? <laughs> Stay away from that guy. And then the third guy, which is actually my favorite, is the guy that looks like a king cobra that is being charmed by a Sri Lankan snake charmer. That's, that's the third guy. He's just like, oh, a little drool coming out. The music's playing. He's just like, you got me. Here's my ones and my fives and my twenties, honey. Here you go. I decided, uh, because I thought it would be cute, to take a notebook with me to the strip club when I went by myself and try to harness the energy of watching girls take their clothes off and try to create some writing that was prophetic. Uh, so I did this. Uh, here's the problem I did not realize when you take a notebook to a strip club. The girls think you're doing some type of newspaper review. Like you work for the weekly and you're like, well, these titties are up to par. Like, so they want to know what you are writing. I had no idea that every girl in the strip club was now going to come up to me because they wanted to see what wonderful and or horrible things I was writing about them. So I'm sitting there writing. I didn't even realize that I'm being approached. Girl comes up from behind me and starts reading it over my shoulder. And she just says out loud, Oh, grasping and reaching through a soliloquy, weaving and, and leaving. Oh, honey, soliloquy worked last night. She do have a weave, though. I was like, oh, I'm never going to do this again. This was a bad choice. Don't go to strip clubs. Do drugs. That was the moral of the story. Do all of the drugs. Leave none for your children. That's what you should do. Don't leave them around. Grady was talking about going to West Virginia. It was a comedy tour that took us to West Virginia. We actually stayed in a house that was underneath an overpass. 
Uh, that's usually a red flag. Uh, it was a stripper's house, actually. And one of the things that they found super funny was they found a pill on the floor. Uh, they had kids. Uh, and they couldn't decide whether it was candy or ecstasy. Okay, don't be a parent. Just eat all the drugs. Eat all the drugs. Take them. You'll feel better. I haven't slept much. This tour has been tough. But I've never really slept much. I haven't slept much since 1987, in fact. And it's because of Gloria Stefan. <laughs> because I know somewhere, somehow, the rhythm is going to get me. <laughs> Worried about that shit for the longest time until recently I saw a music video of Nicki Minaj on YouTube and I thought, oh, that's all that happens when the rhythm gets you. You just end up looking like what Japanese people think black people look like. <laughs> Rhythm is going to get you. Come on, Nicki Minaj is a robot. She's not real. She is a creation of anime. We have a, we were sponsored by a bakery. Isn't that great? So we have baked goods over here that you guys are welcome to uh, throw some change or ones or if you don't have any money, just eat. Just eat some fucking sweets and have some fun. Also, we have random, uh, there's, there's no pot over there. There's, uh, that, that's the problem. See, I can't have pot on this tour. Grady won't let me. Here, this is why. Because he's worried that he's going to be arrested. He's terrified of jail. So he will not let me bring paraphernalia or weed, which is... Which is... <laughs> I, it, it's, the car already smells like five shitty diaper bags. It's not going to help the I can't make a poker face when he's staring nervously directly at a state trooper because I smoked the bowl by myself five hours earlier. But that being said, there's also sweet uh, random stuff like uh, we have a keychain that has digital pictures on it of us. Well, so you can have that. It's just us smiling and posing. So get that for you. I think uh, Amber Alerts could be more effective if they lied or embellished a little bit in the Amber Alert. Here's an example of an Amber Alert that I think would be more effective on the sign driving down the road. Amber Alert. 14-year-old Becky Jones, last seen December 16th. She was wearing a green sweater. She was carrying a brown backpack with two and a half pounds of marijuana in it. <laughs> I'd find that little bitch in 24 hours. <laughs> She'd be well-fed because I'd be taking her to the International House of Pancakes and ordering her some waffles. All right, guys, thank you for enjoying the Quit Your Day Job comedy tour. We still got hip hop coming up. Take it easy. My thanks again to Grady and Matt for letting me record their show at the Handlebar. It was a blast to go to. And be sure to follow them both on social media. Next week, we'll be taking a look into the world of art and Star Wars with the number one voted Star Wars artist of all time, Mr. Dave Dorman, and upcoming Pensacon guest. So you'll definitely want to check out next week's episode. 
But until then, you can check out past episodes of this show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media, like me on Facebook. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can follow the show on Twitter at DDE underscore podcast. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore diamond. And that's all I've got. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another great episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.